Hi there. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Gravity, the digital marketing agency and internet business podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by small digital agency owners, solo practitioners and marketers just like you. Whether you run your own agency or business, or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If that does describe you, then why not take a second to subscribe to the show so you don't miss new episodes, and you can also dig into some older episodes with other great guests. This week I'm excited to bring you Alexia Leachman. Alexia runs several businesses, and she's done a fantastic job of turning interests and skills into unique businesses, and has brought her marketing practice to bear on them in order to help them grow. She operates both as consultant to people in the expert field, as well as being her own expert client. One of Alexia's businesses, as you'll discover, focuses on mindset. Mindset is so important, because if you do want to scale up and build your influence, you'll quickly find that most of the real barriers are in your own head, and we spend a bit of time talking about that. So welcome along again, and let's meet Alexia. Alexia Leachman, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you could join me. Should we start by just letting you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are and what you do? Sure, Bob. Well, thanks very much for inviting me on your podcast. So my name's Alexia and I am a marketing person, digital strategist, digital marketing coach, consultant, that kind of thing. And I work with people to help them to improve their visibility online and get more out of their website. So that's part of what I do. But then the other part is I actually have my own online businesses as well, two online brands. One's called fearfreechildbirth.com and the other one is called Head Trash. And so they both have podcasts, you you know, videos, book online courses, all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of at the coalface with part of what I do, but then I'm also supporting other people to be better at their digital marketing with the other aspect of my work. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. And which part of the world are you based in? I'm based in Nottingham at the moment, which is in the UK. I had a boating holiday in Nottingham once. A boating holiday? How did you manage that? (laughs) There's no sea. (laughs) Don't you have canals and things? We have some canals. Yes, we do. Yeah. No, it was a big sort of canal holiday thing. It was great fun. So I th- what I really partly envy, partly admire is you get to be your own client. And that, that for me must be quite a treat. How, how do you find being your own client? Well, it's a treat, but it's also really hard. I mean, as a marketing person, I love nothing more than to get help somebody else with their brand. And when I come to another business that I'm working with, it's it's just, I can see it so clearly, the content they need to create, how they need to map their user journey, the funnel, it all is so clear. And then the minute I'm looking at my own, I just kind of end up in this place where I'm like, what do I need to do? So it's fun, but there are also a lot of challenges when you're kind of, you're marketing yourself. And especially when you're marketing yourself as a personal brand, because then there's all that kind of, um, oh, but it's me, you know, you're facing rejection issues if somebody doesn't open your email and, and all that kind of stuff that, that you don't if you're a brand manager, which I have been in my past when I had a proper job in inverted commas, I was brand manager. And, you know, if I was sending emails on behalf of the brand, I wouldn't be taking it personally if people were unsubscribing. When, when it's your personal brand, you've got that element as well to be wrestling with. So, but when I'm working with my clients, I can sort of help them to maybe see past that. But I just find it hard to do that for me, you know. So so it's an interesting mix in terms of doing your own stuff. You've got a lot of the freedom. You kind of get why you need to do what you're doing. But then you're kind of resting with the the, the your own your own gremlins, your own your own stuff as you, you come forward into your work. Does that make sense? 
That makes perfect sense. I think you're absolutely right. When you market your own thing, particularly when you are the center of your own thing, mindset is probably 60% of the challenge you've got. 40% is technical creative, but that mindset is so easy to underestimate. And until you start doing it for yourself, you won't really appreciate that. Mm. It doesn't matter how much you know. It's how much you know yourself. And I work in the area of mindset, so I'm kind of even even more aware of that. And I, I've got tools and and techniques to help me overcome it. But even you know, even though I know how to overcome that stuff, it, you still need to be aware of it and see that it's an actual blind spot. And it's when you don't realise that it's your own, you know, you don't realise you have a blind spot. You kind of you're carrying on regardless. And then you know, but whereas I, I can see those blind spots really obviously in somebody else's business when somebody else is, we're doing something that's not mine. So it's, it's a really interesting kind of situation that I'm sure yeah. we all face, right? But um, I, I, I'm sort of reminded of it even more so because I work with other people on their businesses as well. So working with other people on their businesses, what does a typical client look like for you? It's usually somebody that's got a business that is, that's been doing very well in the real world. So they have real clients, they go and see face to face, they have proper meetings, they book rooms, they travel on motorways, they, they run live workshops, they, it's all happening in the real world. And then they want to, and then their website may have been, may, may have been more like a brochure website. And I know that's being, there's less and less of that these days, but some people still have websites that are very much these static pieces of content that kind of are just, reinforcing who they are without actually maybe delivering leads or bringing anything um, that enables them to kind of compete in the online space that that enables them to compete beyond maybe the town where they operate beyond the country where they operate so they can start bringing leads in online but also delivering what they do online so maybe by taking the workshops that they're doing face-to-face converting that into online content so they can start monetizing that selling it online reaching people beyond their own borders so it's for people that really want to kind of move into the online space but they've already got an established business in the real in the real world in inverted commas um, and they need to sort of migrate and, and step across so that's typically who I work with so you're not working with sort of construction companies or e-commerce stores it tends to be people that you might sort of in inverted commas call experts or yeah, consultants and experts. So there's um, somebody I'm working with, for example, at the moment in the cybersecurity industry. Um, and so they, you know, very good business where they've got, you know, big global clients, but they really, but they've started to do training. And so they really want to bring some of that training online and really start to build up an audience to build up an online offering. Uh, and then another company I've got, they, they run really great little brand in the fitness industry and they've developed their own niche around certain classes that they're running um, and so they really want to take that online again so they can actually get lots of interest in their classes from around the world when they speak at conferences, but they can't teach them. They can't run those classes globally. So again, it's moving that content online so they can access more people and, and for their work to reach further in the world. So it's allowed to enable them to have more impact and to have to grow their business as a result of having better reach and more impact. So, yeah, so they've, they've got these kind of, you know, very successful businesses, but they just need to kind of expand it into the online space. I mean, what you're describing there is something that's, it's niche, yes, but you're doing something that sounds like it's fairly repeatable. Obviously, every client's quite tailored, but you're not getting distracted down a lot of the rabbit holes a very general agency would get distracted. Yeah, I try not to get distracted because that's when I, I get easily distracted. And um, I think we all do because there's always something else we think we could be doing. But I, I feel I'm quite focused in my own, as a marketer, I'm very objective and goal focused and also as trained as a coach I'm still very goal focused it's like what are we trying to achieve here right let's go back to the objective let's go back to what we're trying to achieve and stick to that 
And so um, I bring that very much to my work. I am very kind of obsessed around the goal, which I think I think that's kind of a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you don't know what you want, you're never going to get it. How conscious was the expert consultant market as as a choice for you? I mean, was that something that just grew organically or was that an area you decided, I want to do this for this kind of person? No, it, it has come organically and I wasn't really chasing it. It was like people come to me and I only decide if I want to work with them based on the kind of business they have. So I don't I don't specifically go and chase that work because because I, my businesses do keep me busy. Um, and, and, you know, when you're building up online brands, there's a lot of time investment required in that in terms of the content, in terms of the marketing, the back end, the systems. So they do require a significant portion of my time as well. And so um, I'm not, it's not like I just want to be somebody that is just the marketing consultant. That's not what I'm just trying to do. So that does afford me the ability to really align myself with businesses where I, I do believe in what they're doing. I feel aligned with the values of the founders, the owners, and I can buy into their overall marketing message. And I was always like this when I was a, when I when I had proper jobs, was that I I could you know as a brand manager as a marketing manager I I would have struggled to do the marketing for a, a product or a service that I couldn't really buy into. I remember one of the interviews I was proposed to by a, a recruitment agency it was like you know do you want to go and work for sausages brand? And I was like no because. I just can't even face going around on the factory tour. I don't want to know what's in sausages. Like, I don't even want to go there. Like, I do not want to be marketing sausages. So um, I'm quite clear about the kind of um, businesses that I, that I want to work with. And if I, don't, if I don't get it, if I don't buy into what they're doing, then, then it's just a no from me. And I'd rather than work with somebody that does feel passionately as they do about what they do. So that does enable me to kind of be a bit more picky in that sense. Yeah. But I think that's authentic as well. I'm very much about authenticity when it comes to your personal brand, when it comes to what you're doing and that you need to walk your walk. And, and it, it just wouldn't be fair for me to work with people where I don't really, where I'm just doing it for the paycheck, where I don't actually believe, you know, I want to be part of their team and to really buy into it and get really excited with them on that journey rather than just be somebody that's just waiting to put in my invoice at the end of the month and just going through the, the motions of it. And has it always been like that for you? I mean, how, how for me, it seems like quite an achievement to be able to say, these are the clients I want to work with and these are the clients I actually work with. And for the two to be the same, often there's a big gulf between the clients that you really wish you could work with and the clients you actually have. Well, my 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 work journey or my business journey hasn't been a, a straight line. So I didn't kind of leave my corporate world in marketing and then just set up as a marketing consultant. I sort of was a coach for a number of years and I started off doing personal brand coaching and then, I, then it became business leadership coaching. There's always a marketing piece going on the whole time because of my background. So when my first clients, my first business coaching clients, they were all owners of creative agencies of a certain size. So they were all the founder owners of agencies of between 20 and 25 employees. I don't know how that came about, but that that was who I ended up working with. So there's always been a very strong marketing theme running through what I've been doing. And, and so the kind of people I've been working with has moved with who I've become over the years as I've kind of realized that I wanted to do an online business and I started learning everything to do with that. And then people started saying, hey, well, I see you're doing that. Can you now help us with that? That I've kind of, my clients have evolved as I've evolved on my own journey and they've just reflected that journey, you know, that, that I'm on really. So it's, it's very much been a, you know, if I'd said, was it like this three years ago? No, it wasn't like this three years ago. They were more pure coaching clients at that point. Whereas now it's sort of started bleeding more into the 
coaching consultancy guiding you know really mentoring them on that marketing journey as well as the coaching and, and you know now I bring all of me to the, that work so sometimes I, we do fall back into mindset work because they're, they're struggling with doing something in their business so for example one thing that's very common with people that are needing to put themselves more online is you know we need to do more video content we need to go on LinkedIn and do video content we need to maybe have video content on our websites but a lot of people wrestle with that because they they struggle with the visibility that that is thrusting on them the fact they now need to be in front of a camera the they've got relative anonymity as md of their business or is what they're doing but now i'm saying well you know really to sort of really moving in the online space you really need to start doing more video and, and, that, and that's really pushing a few buttons for them on a mindset side so i kind of fall back into a little bit of that but you know then it's like well if you're going to do video this is how you use it for your content this is how you're going to use it to grow your brand this is the kind of content you need to do so i'm bringing both you know all of me to this work and I think I like that mix. I like the way that I'm able to do that. So because at the end of the day, as we said at the beginning, you know, mindset is such a huge part. And so if I can support them with the marketing, but also to get the mindset bit done, then we're more likely to succeed with marketing at the end of the day. So I love being able to do that. Yeah, I think that mindset, I mean, again, it's it's a cliche. Mindset is very important. If you're going to be productive, if you're going to have and achieve goals, if you're going to be effective, if you're going to have clarity if you're going to be able to prioritize, you need to have your head straight. But as a business owner, we're all pulled in so many different directions on any given day that it can be incredibly difficult. So are there any simple techniques, obviously you spending time in that space that you've found consistently help? Well, the technique that I I've, I've obviously need to mention is the head trash clearance method, which is my own technique for clearing fears, stresses and anxieties. And that is that's a technique that I was trained in a long time ago and I've made lots of changes to it, which is why I've given it a separate name to the one that I originally trained in. And it just works like the bee's knees. It really does. Um, it's incredible at just really clearing out those anxieties, fears, whatever you're having. I mean, I, I use it all the time. I remember once I received an email, I used to do a lot of speaking, public speaking, and um, I received an email. I'd been agree, uh, signed up to do speaking for an organisation for their CEOs, for um you know a networking group of ceos for the for the year and so i was really really excited about that and then sort of a few months and they changed their strategy and they wanted more of another type of speaker less of a certain type of speaker and so unfortunately i fell into the speakers that they were trying to cut back on so they said oh we, we don't we don't need you anymore and so that when that email landed i took that so personally and i was really in a right old mess when that came in and really thinking, my goodness, like, how has this affected me? This kind of sense of rejection that kind of came leaping out of my inbox. It was just awful. And, I, and so in that moment, I just cleared my thing about rejection in that moment. And, and it just gave me so much clarity about that situation. And I was able to just kind of make some real important decisions about my business based on having cleared that bit of head trash that I had around rejection. And so, you know, this technique, this is what I know when I, when people sign up to be mentored with me, I give them access to my online course with this technique so that, you know, we're, we're constantly then going, hey, there's this bit of head trash getting in the way here. So just work on that. And then we can really work on your video content or whatever, because because I'm able to see how the mindset is affecting them and holding them back in their business. But not only that, we can just work on it so that by the time we have our next call, that they've cleared it and they're all raring to go and, and they're kind of leapt over it. So um, that is one that just works time and time again for me. And that's what I teach as part of my birth stuff and, and everything else. It's, it's a really, really great um, head trash clearance technique. <laughs> I'll have to go and have a look. And I have just been having a quick look because I do seem to remember you saying something about this online. But you actually have a book on Amazon yes. called Clear Your Head Trash. Clear Your Head Trash, yes. So I, I talk about the technique in that book. It, I'll have to go and have a look because head trash is 
frankly, my middle name. <laughs> Isn't it all of our middle names? I mean, it was mine. It still is. I mean, I think we all have loads of head trash. And I think the thing that I want to bring to it is that it's okay. We all have it. Let's not be ashamed of it. Let's not be embarrassed about it. But like we don't, we're not embarrassed about the fact that we've got rubbish in our house and we have to put the bins out once a week. So why should we be embarrassed about the fact that we've got head trash in our heads that need to be cleared out regularly? It's nothing to be ashamed of. We just need to crack on and clear it and then get on with being happy and productive and successful, whatever that means to us, you know. So, um, yeah, I just want to make it okay, but also give people a very easy way to sort it out so that they can crack on with being their happy, awesome selves. Well, I'll put a link to the book in the show notes and you have a podcast to go with that. Yes. We're about to relaunch the podcast, actually. So um, uh-huh. it's currently called The Head Trash Show, but it'll be rebranded Clear Your Head Trash once we're, we're just preparing the website and the back end and all that all that stuff that online business owners do. Um, yeah, can we be preparing that for a re-emergence? One question I always want to ask is, and it always astonishes me, the variety of answers there are to this question, but work comes to us in lots of different ways. For some people, everything comes online through... Uh, Facebook ads and funnels. And for another person, everything comes through local networking and and referrals. Uh, What does that look like for you? Um, All my stuff comes through online. So I say all my stuff, all my, the the business I'm focusing most of my attention on it, which is the birth business. And I made a very clear decision that that was going to be an online business. That, um, so yeah, naturally that does all come in online. So I would say that my, I would say 80, 90% of my clients are non-UK mainly US, Canada, Australia, had some in mm. Korea, um, Dubai. It's a real, real, yeah, it's totally international. But I've, that's how I set it up because I wanted it to be that way. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's working. I just need it to work more and better. <laughs> yeah. And what about the agency side of things? You're sort of consulting, marketing. So the, the agency stuff does come from it. It comes from word of mouth and it comes from, um, yeah, networking. If I'm at a local networking event and I don't do a lot of that these days um, because I find I get so much value from the online networking and the groups I'm in, but that's where it's been coming from. And then also when, because I hire people as part of the teams that I'm, you know, when I go into a business, I sort of find other people that we need to outsource various bits to. So I've sort of developed a little bit of a team of people that I kind of may bring in on certain clients and so they they are often used with other clients so they, they might recommend me as well so it might come in that way um yeah so it's a little bit of a mixture really but i'm not really you know what i should do is have my website set up saying hey i do marketing and have a, an online funnel for that but i haven't <laughs> well most of us have a fairly limited capacity there is that as well yes once you reach a certain point unless you want to grow a big agency enough is enough yeah um so what are you going to do next and i think that's for me the where, where I am in my business at the moment, and probably you are as well, is, okay, you've got the stuff that comes organically now. What can you do to really fine-tune things so that you just see your ideal customer more often? Yeah. I think the next thing for me is put prices up because right. um, to make sure that, um, yeah, I mean, it's something I learned from, not learned, but it was raised again. I went to a conference this weekend, Atomicon, and that was a big theme of the event where you know, it actually helps you to grow your business by being really clear about what you're worth and then adding, you know, putting your price up if that's the right thing. And so for me, that feels like the right thing for me to do, for me to do so I can get better quality of client and spend more time with those that I have rather than having to have more because, you know, that, that dynamic that you tend to have. So that would be the next stage for me to be looking at. And a big shout out for Atomicon. I was there as well. I didn't see you there because frankly, it was a blur of people. It was brilliant, wasn't it? It was great fun. So I want to look at 
your work with the University of Oxford. It is the University of Oxford, yes. isn't it? Tell me a little bit about what it is you're doing with them and how that came about, because it's rather an oddball thing. No, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, oddball in a very straight-laced way. No, I know. It's, it's a bit insane. So they approach me through LinkedIn based on um, how, based on what I'm doing and said, we'd like you to be on our disruptive strategy program as head tutor. And I was like, okay, what is that exactly? What does a tutor do? <laughs> um, is this a joke? <laughs> because <laughs> don't, you know, I went to a poly, like, <laughs> I just thought it was one of those spammy LinkedIn requests, you know, that you get, oh, we've got a great opportunity for you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get those all the time. And so, but the word remuneration was mentioned in the message. And I thought, well, that's never mentioned in a message. So I'll probably, I'll have a call with them and see what they've got to say. And so, um, yeah, they approached me basically based on what they've observed me do online they, they properly checked me out um <clears throat> so so they've got an online program which is di digital marketing disruptive strategy it's an eight-week program that runs online a few times a year and so they need they wanted industry experts to be available in the forum that they provide as part of their as part of the program to help students really or participants as they like to call them um to really integrate the content understand the content but have people there from industry from who are using this stuff in the in the big wide world let's say um to really show them give them examples bring it bring it to life for them and really help them understand some of these these concepts and ideas that are really at the forefront of marketing right now that are being used to disrupt what what we're doing and so um so I was, well, hey, this is going to, you know, yes, it's Oxford University. I couldn't say no. You know, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I haven't really got time for this. But how can I say no to Oxford University? This is going to look great on my LinkedIn profile. You know, I thought I've got to try and find a, find a way to make this work. And so what was great is it really forced me to outsource in my online businesses, which I needed to be doing anyway. So it just kind of force force my hand in that sense and so what I'm doing there is is really supporting the people that are doing that program are very much from corporates they might be marketing directors managing directors um chief of you know uh, marketing officers that kind of thing that really need to understand the latest marketing techniques and bring them back into the line in into the into corporate activity where it's pretty scarce in many cases so it's really helping them to understand what that looks like right now and so that that's what I'm bringing to to that and it's very interesting seeing things from you know things that I'm doing that you know you've been to Atomicon the things that that um that we see we talk about funnels we talk about user journeys we talk about you know webinars we talk about think a lot of things like this that are happening um you know facebook ads going live in facebook or going live on linkedin or whatever it is a lot of these things that we're doing a lot of us that are in the small business space we kind of take a lot of that for granted and, and, and a lot of people are doing that but it's not happening very much within the corporate space and they don't understand a lot of it and so having the opportunity to really bring that to a different audience and to help them understand how that might look is really quite interesting and also what i was what was interesting for me is a lot of this information that's being presented on the program is um it's very academic it's you know i'm doing this stuff day in day out i understand the the need for scarcity the need for when i'm doing a funnel and a countdown and building up goodwill and, and cialdini's um influence and how we use that as part of a, a launch you know i'm sort of using that information day in day out but to see the academic and the research behind it is very very interesting and, and understanding more about behavioral insights and behavioral economics 
and cognitive bias and how, you know, the theoretical side of that, the academic side of all that, where when we're a small business owner, we're kind of using the practical application of it without necessarily having a full understanding of the research that's gone into that. So I'm, I'm getting more visibility on the research and the academic side that's behind a lot of what I'm actually doing. So that's that's really interesting for me from that perspective to kind of give me a, a more holistic view, if you like. So yeah, that, that's what I'm doing there, which is interesting. Yeah, we often forget actually how much we know. Yeah. And it's only really based in, with situations like that, you realise, yeah, actually, I, there's a lot in here. Yeah. And I, I was amazed. <laughs> I was thinking when I, when they approached me, I was thinking, well, hang on a minute, how, what what do I know about all this? And then they say, well, we need, we do have to talk about this. We talk this. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I do this all the time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and like, you just don't realize what you know you don't realize how much you are learning by the podcast that we're listening to but you know I, I'm always listening to people like Amy Porterfield or, or or Chris Ducker's podcast or what you know Pat Flynn and and all those kind of big marketing names and and you don't realize how much you're picking up from all of that you know and I don't yeah. think that the corporate um, employee is listening they don't even know about half of these people let alone listen to their podcasts and so we are privy to a little bit of a secret marketing world actually um so yeah. to be able to leak that out into the into the more um the other side is is quite fun and obviously this is the cheeky one but you never considered to put putting professor alexia leachman no 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 no, because i'm not at all <laughs> i am merely a head, <laughs> I, I tutor, head tutor no, so no, i can't totally possibly say that and yeah. I, I you know i could we try and buy a backdrop of the Oxford skyline and pretend I'm actually sitting in Oxford, but I think that'd be cheating. <laughs> uh, okay. So one of the things you mentioned was networking. Mm. Um, that these days, the majority of your networking is online. Um, paint a little a bit of a picture of that for me, because obviously everybody's used to going, I'm saying everybody, I'm taking it for granted maybe, but certainly I'm very used to going to in-person networking events and I'm finding them increasingly inefficient. Um, but how does that networking online work for you? So I, yeah, like you, I find real life networking just not worth it. And it's not that I don't like networking. I love it. I, I used to hate the thought of having to go somewhere and, and um, you know, walk into a room that people I don't know, but I, I've got over that years ago. And so now I'm absolutely fine going to events and just striking up conversation with total strangers. That that bit I'm fine with, but I just find them, um, I just don't get a lot out of them. I, I, I don't end up being in a room with people that where we're, we're vibing, where there's a mutual interest, where we can help each other, where, where I don't know, whereas when I went to Atomicon recently, that, I mean, the whole event was just like that. It was just incredible the networking was right. But, um, yeah. and so, but actually what I find is because of the nature of the, what I do is that I'm more likely to find people that are, that I can network with in inverted commas or connect with or, um, yeah, online in online groups in specific groups. So it might be community book groups that I'm in certain Facebook groups. It's mainly Facebook groups, to be honest. I, I'm, I really, I have a real love-hate relationship with Facebook because so much of my work <laughs> happens there. I've got quite a large group for my birth business so I can have to keep going in there and letting you know people in and, and managing that but then I have all these other groups that I'm in where I'm networking and and so where there might be certain pieces of software that have got support groups and, and there's other kind of professional groups and the speaker group and you know I'm in all these groups and so I get so much value from these that that and, and it's amazing how incredibly 
how valuable it is and how supportive people are in those groups. I've can't, I can't remember how many times when I've been struggling with something that somebody said, look, you know what, I'm free now. We could just jump on Skype and I can just talk you through it or walk you through it or whatever. I've had so much of that from people that I don't know, like they're in, you know, on another time zone and they've literally just been so generous with the time. And I've done that with others as well. That I, I've never had that kind of um, support from somebody I've met face to face. It's been a lot more you know, here's my card, this is what I do, here's my pitch, blah, 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 that I just think, oh, this is just so dull. And um, I went to a networking event, oh, like three weeks ago, and I thought, oh, this would be good, I can't wait, I really like going out meeting people. And I just came, well, I, I left early, it was just so, so dull that I thought, no, I'm not in my, I'm not in the right group of people here, this isn't bringing out the best in me, I need to leave, it's not a good use of time. So I just get so much more out of those online spaces. And I think, the, the, the magic now happens when people organize bringing people that meet together online that have gathered online because of mutual interests or whatever values and then to bring them together in the same room like Andrew and Pete have done with Atomicon I think that's that was amazing because because actually you could then bring that 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 connection that you've had in an online space and then suddenly you're speaking to somebody face to face that you've been dealing with for about 18 months you feel like you know them but suddenly you've met them for the first time and and they they their hair's changed since their profile pic was taken <laughs> you maybe <laughs> didn't recognize them straight away but you know and, and I love that I love that that merging of online to, to real world but I get that's where I get the most of my value does that answer the question no it absolutely does and, and again for anybody that's listening I think my the way I would describe Atomicon is it's a little bit like the small business marketing equivalent of the Triwizard Tournament. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just so social, so friendly, so open and generous. And it brings me on to my next point, which was one of the things that Andrew and Pete mentioned in their closing remarks was about what an atomic business is. And it's a business that, um, and again, similarly, a, a book that was recommended to me at Atomicon by somebody was a, a book called Be More Pirate, where they're talking about pirates in the golden age of pirate piracy would scale up and scale down a crew and that it was very democratic and open and it was built on affiliations and partnerships rather than a central command and control and partnerships i think you're you're a good example of you're a, a micro business in essence and you can only deliver full value in partnership with other people and the same for me um so you mentioned you work with partners and things like that on particular projects. How do you go about sort of discovering those partners and managing them? Um, I discover them in Facebook groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's sometimes I just put a call out in groups saying I've got a client who's in this industry and I'm looking for somebody with XYZ. And then suddenly the, the thread just fills with people. Um, and then I then take that um into email and then we you know, I might jump on a Skype call with them and then almost like I go through a little bit of a recruitment process like that and then put them in front of the client and obviously the client then makes sometimes the ultimate decision if they're being hired directly if the client said oh we need I need us somebody to do x I need somebody to do x I'm like right okay I'll go and I'll go and find people because the thing is the client doesn't always know what that looks like you know it's all very well having a managing director or somebody that runs a business um but they don't really understand the ins and outs of running a linkedin group or um, and therefore who would be a good person to run a linkedin group and what questions to ask that person because they're just they're, they're busy being awesome at being them you know not not being digital marketing people and understanding how to run a linkedin group so so then i kind of take over that kind of um not recruitment but yeah that like gathering the troops kind of thing um, and that's how I often do it, to be honest. Um, and over the years, I've just built up a little bit of a black book of people that I that I that I that I trust and I go to and go. Oh, I think that person would be really good for that. Oh, I think. Oh, yeah, let's bring them in for that. 
um, that's how I do it. Yeah. So a lot of people I work with, I've never actually met properly, including some clients, actually. It's all done online. It's quite incredible. Wow. I'm going to ask a, a tactical question, I guess, about partnerships. And it's always a question for me, is it partnership and referral or is it subcontractor arrangements? Because obviously, if you're subcontracting, you have a little bit of margin there. Uh, and if you're referring, then you would hope that that referral is going to reciprocate, but it often doesn't actually happen. Are you typically in an outsourcing arrangement or a referral arrangement? I, I made the decision that I didn't want to be, because I had a number of clients that were asking for the same people at one point. I thought, ooh, I could start being a little proper agency now and I could start, you know, da 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 da, da. I know if I hire them, then then, then, then add some on top and, uh, you know, bill it out in that sense. And I, I decided not to do that because I that, that would kind of really force me down the little agency route. And actually at the moment, that's not what my long-term plan is. My long-term plan isn't about continuing doing the consultancy in an agency format. I'm happy to carry on on that consultancy coaching mentoring basis, which is about me, but not suddenly having a whole team of people that I'm bringing with me on that journey. Because actually what I want is I want to build the online businesses and that's my ultimate focus. So I decided that I would merely help to find the right people, but ensure that then the, the, the commercial relationship was between the client and the new supporting person. So that, because, you know, there was GDPR flying around a year ago and that, that kind of was giving up a whole load of stuff. I was like, I, have, I just haven't got time to get my head into all that. No, this is not where I want to go. So I made the decision to go that route. Whereas I think if I was consciously trying to build my own agency business, I probably would have kept those people myself and rebuilt them on um, and had a more kind of formal arrangement. But I decided not to for, for, for the reasons I've just shared. That's very disciplined. I think what you've described there is protecting the personal brand by not diluting it with lots of services that aren't aligned with it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, makes perfect sense. Well, I feel I'm distract. I feel I'm doing too many things already and, and I didn't want the, yeah, I didn't want to, I thought if I just start trying to grow the agency side, that's, yes, I could do that. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. You know, cause I'm really clear what I'm trying to build my business. I'm trying to get away from the time for money model, which the consultancy, which is what the consultants all about. And I'm absolutely about going towards the more um, online business recurring revenue and having products that, that deliver money. No, And so I can take myself out of the business. I do not want to be an integral part of the business. I want it to be a business that I can take a month off if I need to, and it's still going to run. And I just don't feel that the agency model at a small scale will deliver that. And the margins are really, really tight I think on agencies and when I certainly have when I've worked with my creative agency clients there really isn't a lot of meat on the bone there <laughs> and so I thought no, I don't want to go down that right. route I just don't want to go down that route I'd much rather focus my energy on building a really solid online business instead so so to, to accept that the agency is is there the little mini agency model is there to support me in my long-term goal but it's, it isn't the ultimate goal it's a means to an end yeah, is it so disciplined to not always say yes to every opportunity? I think you've done a brilliant job there. I think coming close towards rounding things off, I am absolutely going to make the most of having an author who's written a book about mindset and decluttering their mindset. Uh, what's one tip that you could offer uh, anybody listening to this that would rapidly help them declutter i know it's a big ask but have you got anything well other than by the book because obviously it's all in the book <laughs> but the thing is i think the thing to start with is to really be clear it's a self-awareness piece it's about being really clear about what what distracts you what triggers you emotionally what winds you up what's the thing that kind of 
um, that is maybe keeping you stuck or um, that, that that drives you insane, that means you're not thinking clearly, that you get a little bit ranty over, that you, you know, what are those things that are taking you off away from being that calm, clear person that, that can think through a decision clearly, make a decision that you can trust and, and be clear about who you are and unfortunately that's a massive thing to unpack so it's not like one tip and to call it a tip is slightly underplaying it well massively underplaying it <laughs> but the self-awareness piece is really being curious about who you are and curious about what makes you tick what makes you tick in the wrong way as well because it's what makes you tick in the wrong way that's going to be taking you away from your shine from your star from your awesomeness and the more you can kind of um, tick off those things that are taking you holding you back and address them by working on them, then you you just refine, you just become a better version of you without all the nonsense. And I think, you know, that's what people have described. They, they've reflected back at me, my own journey, my head trash clearance journey. People have said, you're just a, you're just more you than you were two years ago or three years ago, whatever. You're just a, a more concentrated version of you. And it is that sense of, you know, all that head trash does dilute your essence. It dilutes your um yeah who you are it dilutes your shine it takes you know and so it's all about once you can start that awareness journey and go oh that's what's not working for me that's why I get triggered that's that's what's um hold me back that's why I'm not doing that live video and then just work on each of those things in turn and eventually you'll just be so uniquely you and so unashamedly you and you just won't care that some people don't like who you are because like this is who I am if you don't like it hop on go and find somebody else and it's that that authenticity, that that owningness, and, and just not wanting to sort of constantly talk about Andrew and Pete, but they are so unashamedly them. And it's the strength of their personal brand. It's the strength of them just being, yeah, you know, this is how we do it. And if you don't like it, jog on, because this is who we are. And <laughs> they are amassing tribes of people that are absolutely loving that. They won't be for everybody. And that's fine. And that's the power of a strong brand. It's about having that love or hate thing. But you can't deal with the hate part of that if you're too worried about, well, same thing won't like me because no, don't worry about it. There's millions of people in the world that can like love you. You don't need, you know, if some people don't let them carry on their merry way. So the head trash bit will always come back to that. And I think that will ultimately be the bit that will define you because as a business owner, it's all about the personal brand. You know, you can't get away from the fact that the CEO is the brand of the business. And if the CEO is going down the pan, the business will go down the pan not long afterwards. So you've yeah. got to, put yourself first. And so it all starts with self-awareness. I know that wasn't a tip, but does that, does that kind of answer your question? No, it absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to have to go and read the book and everybody listening <laughs> will have to go and read it. Um, Alexia, you've been very generous with your time. Is Obviously, I'll put a link to the book on Amazon. If people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on LinkedIn if they want a more businessy kind of interaction. <laughs> um, yeah, they can find me at my website, lexaleachman.com. There's the Head Trash website, which is clearyourheadtrash.com, which we're working on at the moment. So be patient while it starts getting more shinier and more copy as we keep adding it. Um, and I'm on Twitter, not doing much on Twitter these days, but yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, I'm there too. Wherever they are, wherever you are really. Um, you know, people are like different places, don't they? So if you're pregnant, come and find me at fearfreechildbirth.com. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not. Alexia Leachman, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully, I will see you again in person soon, but thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me, Bob. It's been fab.
For Alexia, it was childbirth and mental clarity that she focused on as projects she wanted to productize. More importantly, I think they represent a genuine mission for her, and that's what really fuels her success. It's about more than money, and she's spending time on projects and people that she really cares about, and that she can bring genuine value to. I got a lot from speaking to Alexia, and I hope you did too. I'll put links to her website and her book in the show notes. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Alexia for giving us her time, and to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.